Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Mirko and uh, hope you are having your cup of coffee and uh, enjoy this one because this is going to be a big one. I say they're all big but this is going to be a big one uh, also for me. So without further ado, I'm going to send the invite to our guest uh, Chris Baca. So you're in for, for a big treat. So I will send that through to him and... Uh, here we go. I can't wait. You should be you should be very excited. Bruce Shark, Riske. Hey Riske. Good to see you. Artisano, T Nguyen, and uh, Chris is in the house. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> What's good? What up? I'm gonna like reposition myself here. Oh, you got you got the boards in the background. Your backdrop is better. I got the boards in the background. Looking good. Either way, got the bookshelf, all the accoutrement, all the, all the fun stuff. You know. What's up, man? How are you? Man, I'm I'm super stoked to have you on, and good to see you. Good to meet you, man. Really, yeah. real, real treat. Dude, thank you. Appreciate that. Where? What time is it where you're at? It's the morning, huh? 9 a.m. First set for me, like Jared yeah. said. <laughs> Respect. Um, first and foremost, super thank you for popping in, giving an hour of your busy schedule to, to myself and, and the audience who will listen and watch this later when they finish their you know long day in Australia. Um, and I hope you and your fam all doing well with the virus and all the crazy stuff that's happening around the world and America. Dude, straight up. Thank you. Yeah, it's been wild. I am fortunate that everybody in my immediate circle has been well. So I'm just like really realizing how fortunate I am for that. So, but yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's great. Um, I mean, it's actually a super small world because um, I was literally in the same building uh, in where you were in 2017 at LM 90th anniversary as well as MICE. And, uh, and then I saw you on the 30 Days Caffeine Free Challenge with Matt Devella, one of my favorite YouTubers. Dude. And here we are, like, <laughs> it's crazy. That's crazy. I'm on, I'm um, on the decaf right now, so I'm, I'm half-stepping. Oh, wow, you passed time of, of, of the caffeine. Um, Chris, just to get started, uh, how did you start your coffee journey? Ooh, it was all by accident. It was completely by accident. Like, um, I always drank coffee, like everybody, my mom drank coffee every day. So we always made, you know, just generic, stupid coffee at home. And I, I always thought it was kind of neat. Like, even back in, in high school, I had this really disgusting, ugly, like thermal carafe. It was like, uh, it was my mom. So it had like flowers on it. And it was real weird. But me and my homie Josh, we used to brew coffee into it in the morning and stash it in our locker. So we had like the coffee in our locker. And again, this is just like Folgers or whatever, no, nothing major. Um, but I was like intrigued by that. But my first job came when I was like 21-ish or something. I was working at the skate shop and I, I got super fucked up and I had, I had to have back surgery when I was young. So I had this big like recovery window where I couldn't skate I couldn't do anything um and when I was coming back to work I didn't really want to work at the skate shop because I, I don't know it just felt painful to be around that 
because I'm like, oh shit, I got to sit here, watch all these people have so much fun and I can't really participate. So my friend down the street, Matt, he was like, dude, why don't you come work at the coffee shop? You like hang out there every day. You're always kicking it. We'll teach you how to make coffee. And I was like, all right, sounds good. Like it was, it was down the street from my house and I, yeah, I was always there. So yeah, I, I just started and that was it. I was immediately intrigued by the idea of espresso, even though I didn't know anything about it. It just looked real sexy and interesting, you know? Boy, espresso is sexy. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and, and then eventually, you know, Cat Cloud, you know, amongst all the things, um, what was the ideas and the values behind Cat Cloud Coffee? Yeah, I mean, when, when Jared and I were talking, like, our Cat and Cloud is just like a manifestation of years and years of thinking that we could do something a little bit different or, or a little bit interesting, something unique that spoke to us, not only just in coffee, like coffee's cool. Like we both love coffee a lot. Like it's been a huge, probably like one of the biggest parts of my life, like in front of everything, except for maybe skateboarding. Um, but also the idea of just creating an experience for people that's positive on both sides of the counter, like guests. Yeah, for sure. Coffee culture, but then, as really for employees for for people who come to work like most people and i've been fortunate enough to have like a couple pretty cool jobs and i've also had some jobs that didn't really work out in in the best way same with jared and for for a lot of people going to work means like hanging up a little bit of yourself it means like cool you know this is me this is how i feel like every day and then i go to work and i flip this switch and i have to be some robot um to act like something i'm not not only that but I don't have a lot of freedom at work. I don't have a lot of autonomy at work. I don't really know what I'm, what I'm contributing to. I'm just like pushing buttons and making numbers come out the other end. So Cat and Cloud was an opportunity to kind of fix all of those things that we saw that were wrong with workplace culture and also serve really awesome coffee at the same time. Which, which have, I, I, it's such a gem of mine. I love it. Uh, you know, in fact, the next question was, what would you say to those people stuck you know, into those uh, good jobs, uh, but they're unhappy, they're hated, and they're not really true to themselves and follow that skateboarding, coffee, uh, painting dreams of theirs. Yeah, I think one of the, like, some advice that I would have had for myself, like, every, every time I do something different, looking back on it, I always wish, like, oh, shit. I'm thankful for my time, but I wish I would have done that like two years ago or three years ago. So there's really no better time to have a wacky and weird idea than right now. Like if you're thinking about having a wacky and weird idea, like that would have been cool if you would have done it a couple of years ago, but shit, just fucking figure it out. And there's, there are ways to kind of stair step through the things and de depending on where you are can inform like where, where you need to go like i think there's this whole really big entrepreneurial movement that's happening right now and in some ways it's really good in some ways it's a little bit destructive because you have people saying shit like go all in do like like fuck everything else just like get the past, like quit your job all this stuff and i think it's important to balance like the expectation that you have with the reality that while there is a movement of people who are going to be able to do great things and turning it turn it into a living? I think a lot for a lot of us, um, 
things that we're really, really passionate about can cross over and work if we're intentional about where we work. And then there's some things that we'll have to just feed our soul outside of work. And I think that's important to realize. But I think within, within those structures, really honoring the best parts about yourself, being really intentional with your time is something that is, is super, super important. You know, whether you're trying to make a business out of the things you love or not, like if you can figure out ways to spend more time doing stuff that you love, take the time to figure it out. Like we're all go, go, go. A lot of times it's really easy to not stop and reflect and think about what do I really want? Like what on my best days, on the days where I feel like, yeah, this is me for sure. If anybody met me right now, they'd have a good idea of who I am and I'm just super juiced. Like what do those days feel like? What do they entail? And and take that inventory, copy, paste, and like feed the good things, get rid of the bad stuff. Intentional was the word that stood out. Uh, so relevant. Uh, I think, I think, and what you say is so true. This is all culture of the hustle. Um, and I was talking about the lamb uh, on one of the first episodes, and you know, there's all hustle mode. I think it should be actually flipped into humble mode. I think there's. You know, we, we, we forget that. Um, and look, I think I don't want to also point fingers because I think sometimes, especially the super young kids, are quite, you know, the victims because they're drawn towards the money. Uh, the victims because they have bought a utopic program sold to them based on a lot of jack shit, based on, you know, you know, you know, those programs. And, you know, how can we pull at the forefront, the passion, the love, the values over a stop, stupid, really dollar figure in front of it, you know, rather than the flexing cards. I mean, just to give a context, and I'm proud of it, and I'm, and I'm really proud of it. Yesterday, I got no cards. And, you know, I started my business about, you know, six months ago, seriously, but I quit my job about 12 months ago. I caught the train for an hour and 20 minutes, and then I Ubered to a meeting of an hour, and then I did the same to come back home. But I think that's, Great. I could have rented a Lambo and took a few stories of that, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel you. And I, I think a lot of what can be toxic about the culture is in terms of the hustle culture or the entrepreneurial culture or the grinding culture, we're just replacing one faulty idea of what perfection is with another faulty idea of perfection. And we're not really realizing that we're just on this rinse and repeat. So like, you know, if you rewind 20 or 30 years ago, now you ask a bunch of high school kids, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? They're like, I want to be a YouTuber. Like, you know, I get to ride around in dope cars. I get to hang out with really cool people every day is by the pool. I just party and people pay me for it. How, how crazy is this shit? Like, that's insane. Like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that didn't exist. But then we're still looking to other people. It's like, oh, you know, I want to be like a movie star, I want to be like this, this uh, sports personality, we're looking at, at people that don't necessarily reflect values that we have, we just see them as, quote, unquote, successful. So it's that how do we redefine what it means to be successful. And we see this in the business, too. And one thing that we talked about from day one is that success is not tied to a certain amount of money in the bank account. Yes, if you have a business, you want to be growing it. You want to be financially sustainable. You want to be able to live, eat, sleep. And really, the, the key aspect for any business is you want to be able to provide for your people. And if you have a greater mission or a vision, like money is the fuel 
that can feed that mission and that vision. But to simply just have more chips in the bank account is it, it just doesn't really fucking matter. And I think it needs to start like, it needs to start really, really young. And we need to take responsibility for teaching kids, whether there are children or not people that are in our sphere, like what it's really all about. And it's, it, it's annoying to see all of that, like, YouTube flex because I don't know if people who people who are that deep in the game I don't know if people really realize and are aware like how much other people look up to them and you fuck I think you have a responsibility you know whether you're like an actual physical teacher or not like people look up to you you're an educator you have power like I, I think you owe it to put good into the world uh, uh, yeah that not much can can be topped, and I think redefining success also, you know, strip it off, you know, of those things that you just said. I think it's super important also to just just reminding to add value to what you do, you know, as in like to others. Uh, if you don't add value to anyone, but you're selling, uh, you know, hoodies because it's a cool thing to do because it's dropship is the next thing, da 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 da. Uh, like, what value are you adding versus hey, I really want to spread a message. I'm not good at videoing. I got these amazing quotes that I made. I'm just going to print them on hoodies and I'm going to give away most of them to my friends because I, every, I want them to read that every time they wear it. Right. Then it's different. Then you start, you know, if you, at core, that's what you believe in, then money is just a consequence. Uh, you know, I, I think money is just a consequence of it. But, it got to start from adding value and just believing what you're doing and what you love. For sure. And over time, people are going to get familiar with what your truth is and they're going to discover what you're all about. And they're, they're going to be able to discern like, Oh, Chris is actually just full of shit and he's trying to get his own stuff out there and he doesn't really care about me. And the, the thing is, is like helping other people feels really good and helping helping is really the only way like even in even if you look at uh entrepreneurial cultures of companies that are really successful and do seemingly have like a limitless amount of money and no real value structure to back it up it those there are some cases where those things can work where maybe you do everything right at the exact time and you get to be that, you know, whatever it is, uh, Jeff Bezos or Steve Jobs or whoever. But like, you know, those, even those entrepreneurs, they are the minority in the greater sea of entrepreneurs who are also really successful. I mean, there's thousands, probably millions of entrepreneurs that do really good work to make awesome livings, helping other people that we've never heard of because our culture doesn't really celebrate those because it's not as sexy as being on like the, 30 under 30 or, you know, like the Forbes top 10 list, you know? Uh, uh, yeah. And people get caught up because all of a sudden is, uh, um, you know, um, I don't know, I'm not, but, you know, people who are over 30, they get caught up into that. Well, I didn't make in the Forbes under 30. Uh, and there is all this catch up. But, and I think going back on what you were saying just earlier, you know, uh, the best business is actually the one that makes you you know, that you sleep in at night. Like, 
because there's this whole hustle and work and hard and you don't need to sleep ultimately will lead these very young people because you know they got that extra energy compared to the 30 40 50 60 but then they're just gonna burn out the fuck out of themselves and then what's you know what's the point of making a million if you're gonna spend a hundred grand uh into therapy <laughs> or just hate every day of your life like that oh yeah exactly yeah, you're just like man right. like oh i'm constantly stressed out i constantly have no idea and it's late. It, yeah i mean that like what you said like when you go to sleep at night that's like one of the measures of success it's like if you feel really good when your head hits that pillow and you're like ah oh, you're like that deep breath you're like i did good work today like that's a really good feeling and i think more people okay deserve to have that feeling and feel comfortable that it's cool to chase that feeling like you you can have that feeling that feeling's very very rewarding and you know maybe nobody knows who you are like some of the businesses that i really love are super niche like in these tiny little subcultures and most people will probably never hear of them but to someone like me they mean the world and be you know because the world is so expansive now, you can carve out these tiny little niches that never existed before. And I think that's great. And I think that speaks to that idea of, you know, what's the smallest viable audience? Like, forget about needing to go big or, or swing for the fences or be the biggest provider of that or the number one known of that, you know? I mean, shit, you, you know, you look in the, if you're looking in the 50s, like rewinding way back in time, there's like, three television networks in America, basically controlling all the mass market media that goes out. So you get this really generic message that goes to basically everybody. As time goes on and things unravel, it's like, wow, I can find something that is just for me. I can, I can create something that is like just for a certain group of people that I hope to serve. And they can like, not just kind of like it, but they can just fucking, I love it. I think it's amazing. And I think that's like a that's a really cool opportunity. So small does not mean not awesome. Uh, yeah, and and it's about relevance and context, right? Because I mean, you would much rather having 10, 12, 27 people who really care about you and what you say, what you preach, what your message is, what's your mission, your product, your service, rather than having a hundred thousand who don't actually give a fuck about you and what you do, but they just there because of the cars or 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 other things you know it's like then i'd rather that rather you know small but relevant for what you stand by for sure yeah it's like the you see the social media people it's like oh let me help you grow your social media following cool what's the first thing you do like oh i'm gonna buy followers buy followers what the fuck for it's like who cares if that number goes up if you're not helping any of those people or if they're just i don't know robots but then you get to say i have 200k and i got my blue check and i don't know the world's crazy i maybe i got off topic i just got excited no no no. this is this is this is on topic the, the results of thing is off topic here and and it's funny I, I i'm gonna send you a screenshot later but i actually had that yesterday right uh basically you know all my pages have been grown since you know a few years and it took a while and basically this is a representation of the things i love coffee traveling uh plant-based food and all of that and then I got my agency's page, which I started only a few months ago. And, you know, he has whatever numbers and it's not huge. And I had this young fella who contacted me and I uh, was like, I knew where he was going from the first message. All right. 
And then I checked his bio and I was like, oh, he's, you know, mentored by, well, we can't say who it is. And I was like, oh, okay, I know what I mean for it. But instead of just dismissing, I kind of, we shifted the conversation very quickly from his speech to, look, why don't we jump on a phone call? Because you're super young. I want to make a difference. I'll call you tomorrow and we chat. But not because I want to, I got nothing to sell him, but more I'm like, why are you doing this? Because you saw, you went to one of those, you know, what they call uh, conferences where, you know, everybody stands up and move their hands and say hi and all of it. And, and, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, I got to do this. I got to do that. Oh, that. And, and it's like, relax. What do you like? Do you like skating? Do you like volleyball? Do you like coffee? What do you actually like? Because come on. So I think, you know, with even one phone call, I'm going to be happy just to have a chat with him. And I'm sure that he has something else that he likes over trying to sell me a growth system to an actual social media agency as well, which is hilarious. I told him, I'm like, like, I, was like I do this for work, but I do it for coffee shops and cafes. That's my thing. Yeah, like, I don't care how many followers I call my page. So, yeah, I get it. I get so it. I got to ask you a question now. When you get something like that, what motivates you to go that extra step and reach out? Because it's almost like you're doing like this mini version of like a mentorship. You're just like, hey, l let me show you something. Like what, what promotes you to do that instead of just being like, whatever, dude, I'm gone. Uh, I just feel adding value and helping because it makes me, it makes me, no, I said no because I sleep at night, but I was like, man, I'm sure this guy's a good guy. I saw his pictures. I'm like, it looks like a good 18, 19, 20, whatever, 21-year-old guy from, from Queensland. And he's the victim of the system. He's the victim of the flexing. He's the victim of the, uh, you know, all those uh, fun magic dust sprinkled around. And uh, instead of going, F you, get out of here, out of my face, I was like, well... I'll entertain it and I'll have a phone call. And we'll just have uh, probably half an hour, 40 minutes. And if that 40 minutes can give him anything, and I'm nobody. I just want to have a conversation, you know, just like uh, as you and I are having now. And uh, then he might leave that conversation and say, oh, wow, that guy was, you know, a douche. And I'm just going to go back and, you know, selling hoodies and, you know, selling growth programs for Instagram. Then, in short, it's fine. That's fine with me. But I know that I tried my best to, help a little bit right yeah good for you that's awesome yeah that's a great attitude to have i, I well i'm not super duper busy as during the lockdown i got the luxury of having that a little bit of extra time and why not i've done a lot of these things but even with people who are reaching out to me and asking how do i grow my page they are there and i'm like well where are you from and wherever the overseas and now and i'm like well let's just hop on the phone i love connecting like we're connecting and and that's why you and you know you, you and jared do during your podcast you know it's like uh, you know you created a space and i'd love to see more people doing that within the coffee community now because you're sharing your knowledge your values and your message really yeah thank you no it's, it's fun it's fun to do it's uh um it's so it's so rad to hear that you like because whether or not you're you're really busy, right? Like you have extra time during the quarantine, just to kind of spend that time with someone that 
you know, in some way you probably see, or at least maybe I'm projecting, but I find like a lot of the people that I really enjoy helping out, I kind of see a little bit of myself in them or like a past version of myself and helping other people is really a lot like, oh man, I wish someone would have said this to me when I was 18 and put me on this path a little bit sooner. I mean, there's there's probably subconsciously a bit of that for sure. Um, but when I I'm not sure if you do that, if you ever done the personality test, and uh, I'm an ENFP, right? So for me, my fuel is not dollars. My fuel is helping, uh, whereas micro or macro, but without the arrogance of like, oh, I got I got the solution. I don't. Uh, it's more, can I add value here or there? That's why I don't care. How many people views, how many plays I get on my Spotify, on the podcast, on these recordings. If one person reach out to me and say, man, thank you. I love what you, you and Chris, or for you to allow Chris being here, da, 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 I'm happy. Yeah, that's so Or cool. even if I'm adding value to just me, just by talking to you, I'm happy. That's so rad. Yeah, I, I took that test a long time ago. I, I think I'm an ENTJ. ENTJ is what it was, but I can't even remember what it means now. Do it again. <laughs> yeah, I got to do it again. I got to update it. It's been like four or five years. Uh, yeah, do it again. Um, um, I look, that one person is just so big. I remember uh, I had a similar conversation with someone reaching out to me, and he's, uh, he asked about social media and all of that. I was, and his niche is he wants to help people with mental health. That's his, that's his gig in terms of, you know, he went to school for that. And he was very worried about... Um, waiting for the right camera, waiting for the right lighting. And basically, it was like, oh, look, I'm going to start posting it for weeks. So I'm like, well, hang on a minute. But let's rewind. Let's just take a step back. What if in those four weeks, Jennifer, one person, Jennifer, saw your video on TikTok and decided to, instead of jump or hurt herself, to listen to you and your message because you're adding value to one person and you might have saved jennifer's life or jennifer's day or jennifer's month so as long as there's one person that you any value to you're just winning yeah i think people it's really easy with social media to dissociate likes views and clicks with there is a human behind those things and if you can do someone like think about someone who's impacted your life like your life it's like the most important thing to you like the people that have changed my life in some way, I'll remember forever. And it's no, it's no small feat. Um, it, it really means, it means the world to me. And it's happened in all, like all different kinds of ways. Um, and you can be that for someone else. And again, you know, it's a call back to where it's like, you don't have to go super big, like shit. Yeah, if you're working in a mental health space and you can keep one person safe from doing something that's crazy, fuck. <laughs> That's, you can't put, there's no monetary value you can put on that. Like you can't put value on a life like that. That's, that's so, that's so rad. And I think that's like, that's one of the things that's missing with the way people tend to interact with the platforms is like they interact with the scope of everything, but it's really hard to drill down and do that one-on-one -on -one where, you know, you see it in emotional reactions and like psychological tests where, you can show a video of someone fucking bombing a whole country and people are like, okay. And then you see someone killing a kitten and they're like, oh my God. Like, 
<laughs> it's like it's it's really it's it's really hard to like understand the scope of that when it's not right in front of you and i i think that might be i don't know i don't even know where i'm going but i think there is another layer to be peeled back in the the digital space like for example, I just got done, I, the workshop closed today, I took a, a Seth Godin workshop. So if you don't know Seth Godin, he's, uh, I mean, he writes a daily blog. He's wrote like tons of books, um, books everywhere. This book is really awesome. This is marketing. I don't know if that shows up backwards. Um, but he does these workshops. And the great thing about the workshops is it's not an online class. It's not like you log on, you watch a video you enter into this community. So you enter in, there's hundreds of people in the workshop, but you're grouped in a little, everybody has a homeroom. So I'm in a homeroom with 10 other people. Homeroom two was my homeroom. Um, and that's like a little mixing area where you kind of get to know each other. And before the lessons start, there's all these different warm-ups. It's like type and tag someone, someone you don't even know, just little things to kind of spark conversation. And then over the course of the workshop, it's 90 days because you're not just submitting lessons into the ethos or to a teacher, like other people in the workshop are the ones who are contributing to your work. Like you feel like you've built this really tiny community for a lot of us is going to live on. So it's not like I'm one of a hundred in a workshop. It's like, Oh yeah, Arash and Monica are going to critique my work. And now I'm like really interested to see what they're doing out in the real world. So I think there's, you know, followers and information is one layer. And then there's another layer of true engagement that I think is about to be tapped in like a bigger way than some people are doing. In one word, access. Allowing access, like I think it's super important, whether it is access into a tribe and community in your real you know, your top tier subscribers and want to pay an extra X, Y, Z for your coffee subscription, then they can access you and Jared and, uh, you know, you're brewing coffee with them on a Zoom meeting, whatever, whatever. Like, you know, workshops obviously different right. because it's the end goal, but I think access is definitely something that people would really value no matter what, what game you're in it. And, you know, obviously Seth is, you know, allowing the access into his, you know, obviously macro wider community so yeah. i think yeah that's one of them yeah and, mm. and the, the other thing that was really awesome about the workshop is when he, when he sets things up like that you've got some access to him but then he's also creating this network effect where i think a lot of people see connection as like okay let's say i have a platform and you have thousands of people that follow that platform. It's highly unlikely that you're going to be able to direct connect with each person in that platform. But there is a possibility that within that platform, you have smaller groups of people who are even deeper into a niche than like, let's say they're all follow your podcast and what you do. There's probably a group of, you know, 10 or 15 out of those thousands that are really into this one thing. And if you can find a way to connect those people together, people who may not otherwise find each other, that's like a different level of connection too. And, that, and that's something awesome. And it's rad because it forces you to think outside of that, um, cool, I want more followers, I want more money. And into like, what's gonna be good for, I just wanna connect these people because it seems like, you know, you deserve to, 
to know each other because you're both really into this fucking thing. So it's like, hey, you should check this out. Boom, I'm gonna put you two together and like put that uh, out in the world. Hundred percent. I, I, oh, you speak my yeah. The the thing, <laughs> and 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 then what would be very awesome, especially if it's more localized, is even actually doing, you know, actually connect with these people and connect at a different level. Whereas sharing network. I don't mind sharing network. I'm not scared of introducing someone better than me to someone else that I know in the industry. I don't care because if, if I can make two people happy, well, I'm double winning because we're talking about making one person happy while he's one person. So even if it's catching up with some people who follows a podcast out of those 12, 15, very loyal, even if it's catching up for coffee, hell yeah. Connecting even in real life, but digitally can be done too. Um, Unfortunately, it's already halfway, and by rule, I need to ask everyone the same question. That's the out-of-the-box question. Okay. Chris, um, if you could, uh, who would you like to have dinner with? Doesn't have to be coffee. Ooh, that's a heater. Who would I want to have dinner with? Fuck, why would you ask me that question? Just oh <laughs> ask everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, uh, living right now, dead or alive, anybody? Anybody, be my guest. Jeez, I think I wanna. I kind of wanna have dinner with Paul Walker. R.I.P. That's okay. <laughs> like it was this weird. Well, I don't even. That, that's like a. That's a tangent. But when in like the early two thousands, and I know some people think it's like the fucking corniest, most lame thing ever. But like being like right out of high school like when fast and the furious came out and then you you're in the car car culture and you see these people on the screen and then you're just like damn these guys are so fucking cool that's like <laughs> that's so cool like how can i be that cool i'll never be that cool i don't i don't get like the like the coolness the coolness factor and i i think that's like the full big like weird um like ridiculous subculture thing um but there's if if i had to actually have dinner with someone that i can have dinner with now there's this dude his name is philly and he owns oh i'm actually wearing a hat so he owns this shop a skate shop called humidity in new orleans and they're like my favorite business ever they're like the most fully ridiculously authentic place i've ever seen they literally do whatever they want and it is, it's amazing to see. It's like when you go online and shop on their website, um, you know, you have like a shopping cart where you put stuff in the cart. Like their little cart says shit because you're just like adding shit to your bag. It's like, oh, I'm gonna put some more shit in there. I'm gonna put some more shit in there. And like the descriptions for their products are always like these weird little quips for, you know, like some of the, like the pants they sell. It's like not that skinny shit. That's it. Like, and he does some interviews like with, about skateboarding and how it interconnects with his business. So, and tell me if I'm going too long on this. I just think it's <laughs> culturally. Um, so he grew up in New Orleans skateboarder and there was this shop that was around and the shop was being sold. And he, him and his mom, like they, they mortgaged the house to take out a loan to buy the shop because he just wanted the shop to survive because that was like 
where he came up, where he grew up, and he's doing it for the skate culture. And he's really open and honest that, like, although he feels like the shop needs to be in New Orleans and it does something for the community, there's also an aspect of it that is really obnoxious because he's so in love with the idea of just simply skateboarding. Like, the thing that gets him the most excited about skateboarding is not what's happening in the industry, not all the new pros, not all the new videos, just like the act of skateboarding itself. And the one thing that gets in the way of the act of skateboarding itself is him running this skate shop, which is a huge benefit to the culture of the community. So it's so refreshing to hear someone talk about like just dialogue like that and be really, really straight up with it. Like I love both of these things and there is a tension that is created between them. And I don't know how to solve it, but it's just, it is what it is. And I think it's really brave to be able to speak like that. Oh, I think that's, well, this person, uh, Philly, I think you said, I yeah. mean, is, is, he's won, he's winning. Like this is exactly where it started. This started 40 minutes ago where it's all about do what you love and like you said i think you worded beautifully like he just loves the act of skateboarding that's the ultimate the ultimate truth almost like that's the ultimate goal uh, yeah. uh, uh wow i'm gonna check i'm gonna check him out i'm gonna check humidity i saw your t-shirt the rainbow so i'm assuming that's the brand yeah yeah i yeah, literally yeah. i mean because of the way you know watching him the way he talks like everything they do in the shop it's like i buy everything that they drop like everything they drop i'm just like down like i just want oh, shit <laughs> i just want to support like so hard i got fucking you know you like buy buy two of them you know you might as well like who cares just get them all <laughs> i need any more shit to the bag um yeah i love it I, i'm gonna check him out uh for sure um uh, Going on, on one question I really want to ask you, because um, it's super relevant and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Entitlement is a word that I've been working on a lot in the past six months. Uh, and entitlement often generates the darkest uh, of people, whether it's within relationships, friendships, business, the whole lot. Mm. Would you say that self-awareness mixed with gratitude and humility could be the antidote. I don't, that's a great question. I think self-awareness, humility, it might even, it might even be more simple than that in some way. And, and I think maybe to put it in, cause things are really easy to unpack in like a, in a relationship context or a um, or a work context. So here's a couple of things that I heard recently that, that got me really excited. This uh, one dude that I, that I look at a lot of his stuff, his name is Steezus Christ on Instagram. He's the shit, check it out. Um, they do a podcast um, and he was talking about relationships and the idea that like how, you know, everybody wants a 50-50 relationship, a relationship where you where you give and get is the same like I receive as much as I give and everybody knows that you can't keep score in a relationship like keeping score is a bad thing like that that leads to toxicity like I did this for you now it's my turn now you do this for me now you do this and his take on it was 
instead of trying to make it 60-40 or 50-50, let's try to make it 60-40, where you expect to give 60, but only expect to get 40 in return. And if both parties have that mindset, that's how you're actually going to get to the 50-50. And to put it into a work context, which a lot of people will navigate through every day, you really, you got to see both sides of the coin. So one, as the employer, one thing that's really important is like, when you bring someone in to your organization, sure, you, you want to impart knowledge onto them. You want to leave them better than you found them. Like in the perfect world, when that person leaves for whatever reason, like, you know, some people aren't going to be with you forever. Some people have big dreams that they should go chase on their own. That when they leave your care, they have more skills, more, just more tools to navigate through the world. But the opposite is also true. That like the people that you bring in have a lot of power and they should be willing to put in work, effort, and energy to make the organization better too. And you see that, you know, a lot of people love to rag on millennials. Like that's like the, you know, people are talking shit about millennials all the time. Hey, they're impossible to fucking deal with. I don't know, they, you know, they're the victims of a failed parenting strategy. And, and I think there's, there's magic to being able to show other people that like, yes, I can do this for you. Like I can give you, I can give you this, but also here's this beautiful world where you can also contribute to me. And that is really, really special because not are you just contributing to me as an individual, but like every other human being that this organization touches. So like, it's like almost like this, this cycle that's happening where I see the, the opposite of entitlement is just having the attitude of like, what can I do for you? How can I help? Like, um, how can I be of service? Like, how can I make your life better? And it's, you know, it's the same. If we could take those interactions that we have with our best friends, which like, if you have someone who you really care about in your life, you want to help them out no matter what. It's not a pain in the ass. It's like, we were, we were driving before we opened the store. Um, we were in Santa Cruz and we used to roast in Santa Barbara. So we'd drive to Santa Barbara to roast at the, at Dune, shout out to Dune. And one day we were driving, we were driving through slow. So it's like a four, it's like a four and a half hour drive, probably all in. We were two hours into it and my car just like, like, I don't know what happened. Oh yeah. The like coolant leak, coolant spraying everywhere shit's all over. So like, my good friend Mikey is not too far. He's like 15 minutes away. So I call him. And those are the kinds of people to where he's like, he's not only will he come get you, but he's like excited about it. It's like, yes, I want to, of course I want to help. Like, let me grab some beers and we'll get you some food and stuff to drink too. Like, I'll bring you a care package. And like, we all have people in our lives who we would do that stuff for. Like, how can I make it better for you? And I think that can be extended to not just our good friends, and sure, you'll do it in different ways for your employees. You'll do it for di in different ways for your business partners. But that that is that is the way. It's like the like if you're looking at it. I'm just trying to make this really tie into coffee. You know, a lot of people have coffee businesses and they're trying right. to figure out what. How do I build my wholesale business? How do I build a wholesale platform? And it's not like you're never going to be cool enough cool enough to where people are going to be like, I just want to be with you because you're so fucking cool. 
it's people have businesses to run people have certain challenges like how can you help them maneuver through their challenges like the entitled wholesale provider says we do things this way you should want to do business with us because we're fucking awesome and if you're not awesome i won't even talk to you and the you know the humble the, the wholesale provider that's a helper says like this is what we're really passionate about. How can we use this to elevate your business? Like, what are your unique challenges? So there, there's some, you know, like curiosity is this really big thing that's lost in this era of everybody feels like they have the answer, but there's no, there's no answer. Like helping you is different than helping someone else. Understanding this person is different than understanding that person, but you have to have that curiosity that if you don't have that genuine curiosity, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. Yeah, but also it's life is much more enjoyable once you strip yourself of expectations, right? And I'm gonna to touch base on millennials in a second because I'm very passionate about young people. Well, you and I are young, but uh, the super young um, expectations stripped off, you enjoy life more, right? So even make bringing it very close to me, if I. Uh, and that becomes, you know, a whole different beast of a convo, which is obviously accepting uh, or dealing with rejection. I mean, I text and DM'd a zillion people to interview, right? Uh, and I'm not the only one doing it because of the lockdown, especially a few months ago. And I'm so blessed and grateful for all the people that answered. But I'm also self-aware, very aware that, hey, you know, James Hoffman of the world or, or other cats, that gives up, you know, they're busy. They might have... A, a trillion requests on their box and they don't even bother opening that can of worms so it's okay or also they're like hey you know like james say look too many people ask me so i can't just jump on every single live stream that's fine but if i had the expectation that everybody that i message that would say yes then i would not sleep at night because i'll be crying because of the rejection versus I didn't have an expectation. In fact, I just started from one person who was just chit-chatting about his new machine, uh, the Flare Espresso, uh, with Andrew. And, and it was, I was like, hey, man, you know what? You want to hop online and maybe next week and do like a live stream or something? And he's like, yeah, chit-chat. I'm down for it. I'm like, let's go. Um, so I think expectations is, yeah, you're right. I think maybe we don't even need to go that far as far as humility and gratitude. I think that comes secondary. And perhaps it comes after, once we are aware of it, we can also forgive ourselves, yeah? You know, it's like, it's okay. I had an expectation for my partner to take out the rubbish. He or she didn't. My friend, my my, 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 my dad, whoever. I got a little bit cranky, but that's okay. I go, why did I do that? Because of entitlement, I had the expectations. I could have got the rubbish out. It's okay. I can't be too hard on myself. Um, I love what you said, though. Um, and those people were generally selfless. I just the people that you want to be around because you want to suck in the selflessness and, and, and you know and, and make it yours. Um, and touching based on the super young, um, I just always grew up thinking, no matter how old I am, I'm gonna love young people. I always because I hate it, like because because I've seen it. When I was 10, when I was 15, when I was 20, it's like, oh, I'm like, hang on. On a practical level, it makes no sense because, you know, you're 40, 50, 60. And the youngs are going to be your dentist, lawyer, surgeon, baker, 
server, banker, they're going to be there for you. With the new technology, with the new things that you don't understand, you know, like my grandpa, uh, my grandpa is all right, but there's people who struggle with Skype, right? Mm. Struggle with the new technology. So the new generations, we need to love them and nurture them rather than blaming them and pointing fingers. Oh, I would have done it a different way. Well, guess what? There was only a fax machine back in your days, or there was only this sort of tools as far as medical goes. So I think we need to love and embrace millennials as business owners, as well as just society in general. Yeah, and I think we, we need to understand that at any, any age or any, any group of people, like you feel very comfortable with the way that you were brought up, the way that you're raised or the things that you were prepared for. And an example of cultural disconnects like one generation down is so, when I started to get really into coffee and moved to San Francisco to work at Ritual when I did, I dropped out of school. So I was in school, I was a history major, I had to do my senior thesis and I would have been done, but I just peaced out, I was done, I was over it. <laughs> I left and even now, like so many years later, got a business that's going really well, done all these things that I think are awesome. And my mom, who is insanely proud of me, she's like super proud. She still asked me, when are you going to go back to school to finish and get your degree? Even though there's literally no, it would not increase like the quality of my life in any way at all. It would just be a waste of time and it wouldn't add any, it wouldn't add anything. But because that was, those were the markers of success for her generation. You do this, you do this, you do that. Then you go to school then you get the thing and then you're an adult and you're, you made it. You did it. It's it's a good job. And like those markers for her are different than the markers for me are different than markers for people who are even just 10 or 15 years younger than me because things are moving so fast. And, and I think one of the like a really basic step that we can do to avoid this trap of like, I mean, it's basically fucking age discrimination that's like hidden people just don't call it that because you know you you'll generally think of age discrimination as discriminating against like a like older older generations but it's age discrimination it's just the other way around is to just open up a little bit hold space talk to people ask them questions try to figure out why they value what they value why do you love what you love and that and that works with ages it works across cultures and that way we don't have to be like i'm this and you're that and you're dumb and i'm smart um you can just uh, like understand what the fuck is going on and then you can work with them there's all there's always like a I, I i don't believe that nobody can find like a common ground to move forward together like regardless of of culture or age or, or anything like that so i i think you know if some of those people who are stuck in their ways could just be like a little less stubborn and be like, cool, I don't get it, but I'm going to ask about it. I'm going to try to figure it out. I'm going to see things from someone else's perspective. Yeah. And it's their story. You know, we are the custodians of our own story. So everyone has their own story. First, second, third generation across the sea from Europe to get to America, you should be studying and peer pressure. So there's everyone has a story and it's different. And you're right. Age discrimination. And I'm so happy that you brought up parenting earlier and just now because 
I need to realize every single day how lucky I am with my parents. Sure, they got their faults, but what I appreciate of them, and mind you, my mom is a teacher, like she leaves for studying, actually history too, small world. Uh, she loves, and when I told her after high school, look, I'm not going to uni. Obviously, you know, like to someone who is so ingrained into the education, but also on a personal level, and yet my mom was cool. Like my parents are always this amazing, which I hope one day I'll apply it to my uh, kids, which is like, they just had one sentence. Are you happy? That's it. That's that so was it. And as long as I answer yes, they're like, yeah, sure. Stay in Australia nine years. Because I've, you know, I've been away from home for nine years. Sure. Um, get this job as a barista. Sure. Quit your job and start your own agency. Sure. Uh, whatever. Do your podcast. Like, they just ask that question, you know. They might say their opinion, which is okay. And I think opinion is the right word. So one of my best friends from Italy talked to me one day when I was super young that if you're a true friend with someone, you should give them their opi your opinion rather than advice. Because mm -hmm. advising is actually telling people what to do. You should do this versus, hey, my opinion is A, B, C, D. So my parents might share their opinion. However, the last drop would always be, are you happy with it, with her, with him, with them? Yes. Okay, we are happy to. That's so cool. That's rad. That's fucking amazing. I'm very blessed. Yeah, yeah no, that's so cool. Yeah, it's it, there's yeah yeah. I don't even know how to follow that man. <laughs> that's cool. Um, uh, look, I, I think um, I mean all these questions I hear. <laughs> I had a, a thousand, and I can't keep going with you for an hour. Uh, Instagram is cutthroat when it comes to live streams. So first and foremost, before. I just want to say thank you for, for coming on. Like, I could go for another hour very easily. Maybe you should do it three-way one day with me, you, and Jared. Anyway, oh, we'll, we'll talk. Um, so super, super cool to have you. It's still surreal. Um, like I said, I watched you for the first time. was with Matt Devella. Uh, what a dude. Um, um, and, yeah, and then we're here talking to you in real person, which is crazy. So thank you. Awesome. It's been no. amazing. Appreciate um, it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the thoughtful questions. It's it's very refreshing. It's so cool. Oh, um, my last couple of questions, even though we only have six minutes, is I think we bring it back onto these crazy times. I think people need your fresh thoughts on this, around what's going on, around brand responsibility. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of arguments. What's your take around that in terms of is it better to be silent or is it better to be, you know? fakely authentic you know because it's people you get it like fake authenticity versus silence you know what what's your take on brand responsibility across this period of time and also if you want to tell us next what's your uh, overall mission and what's next on your planet and then we close now yeah i think i think it's always better to be not fakely authentic but truly authentic and i think Again, I'm not an expert on this topic at all, but I think what a lot of people who are just kind of diving into this world, you know, this movement ex exploded. It's like nothing new. It's like things that have been going on for a long time. And now because of mass media, it's put in our face. And I, I, I remember like 92 when the LA riots were going on and seeing that and I'm like, damn, that's fucking gnarly. 
and then they, it just kind of disappeared. Um, but now there's this really big sustained movement, which I think is good. Like people need to be aware of what's what's happening. But and I think a lot of people are going to need to be really comfortable with the idea of getting it wrong and being able like to know where your heart is at and know what you believe and know that within the context of this like you might do the wrong thing in the short term like i don't know maybe i stayed silent for too long and people think that something i'm something i'm not or i i just i as a general rule i'm someone who takes more time to process than not like because i I think words are very powerful and it's really easy to throw something out there that like you don't really believe in or you felt pressured to do, but you're not really sure what it means to you. I think regardless of whatever like hot button topic we're dealing with, whether it's like culture or race or politics, all, all these things are interrelated. But like, I, again, I'm not an expert, but I would encourage people to before you do or don't do take some time to think about what these things mean to you like what do they really mean to you and then go forward from there and then you, you might get it wrong a couple times but over time the, that stuff will unravel and just don't do things just to feel good about yourself based on what people are going to think about you your own ego because i think that's another trap that we fall into uh I, I've seen a lot of people uh, going to the protests, even here in Melbourne, uh, but those, some of them, unfortunately, are the same very people that are uh, facing a situation uh, that might cross the streets if they bump into certain ethnicities, which it defeats the purpose of going to the protest. But then saying that the word a protest boosts themselves and it's like, well, I'm feeling good about myself, which is okay. It's human. It's about being wrong, like you said, uh, but it's context over it's context over just content. Totally. And it, it ties into everything else that we've been talking about for the past hour, which is like, if you're doing these things to make it into a performance and like make it about you, that's just the wrong attitude. Not in this, not only in this situation, but in most other situations as well. So like doing it, like, you know, where are your intentions? And then, just move forward from there. I love it. Um, Chris, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'm one of those ones too. I'm going to process this whole conversation. Uh, it was super cool to have you on, honestly, for for me, and thank you for, for coming on. Um, is there anything that you've left on the wire for the next 35 seconds or so? Oh, my gosh. Uh, just do – do you I, I believe everyone's got a special gift and like a unique contribution that only they can make and if you're honest with yourself about what that is and how it can help other people i think that is like one of the keys to to true happiness it's like you don't need to be anybody else you don't need to do the things that they're doing look inside for like the most true expression of yourself and channel that energy outward rather than looking to see who i should be and channeling that energy so yeah do it from here. Do it from here. Do it from you, and then put it out there. I think. I think that's uh, I, that's it. I can't top that off. And you know, if Sasha approves, great conversation, guys. Hey, Sasha. Uh, well, then, yeah, we we we've done a good job. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're right. Do, do you? I can't. I can't top the 
I think that's a beautiful way to, to end it. Man, thank you very much for hopping on. You're, you're amazing. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, dude. You have an awesome night. Oh, yeah. I don't need, yeah. Afternoon, whatever. Have a great morning. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Later. Peace out. Legend.